I am Thomas Lutz and you are listening to an Open Water Swimmers podcast. It's episode 11 of season two of an Open Water Swimmers podcast with me, Will Ellis. So here we are with the penultimate episode of the season and I guess I want to thank all my guests for their time in recording and of course everyone else for listening in. If you have enjoyed the show, then obviously please remember to head to wherever you listen and leave me a rating. It will make potentially coming back for season three much easier as these podcasts invariably take a lot of time to make, record, edit. So head to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and just click rate, click five stars. Thank you very much. And we'll leave it there. Brilliant. So today's guest. I've heard it said that you should never meet your heroes as... I guess you run the risk of being disappointed and their aura status that you have for them is sort of shattered. This wasn't the case with today's guest for me as although he's a hero of mine, a big one, his achievements alone on their own are just staggering. He's had this work ethic that is astonishing and he's someone who I looked up to enormously when I started my foray into open water racing, I mean, albeit on a minute scale comparatively to his level of, of racing, he's one of the most decorated swimmers of all time and by far and away the most decorated open water swimmer of all time. A 12-time gold medalist at world championships and a double medalist at the Olympics, he has under his belt a jaw-dropping 39 medals at Worlds, Europeans and Olympic open water races. I was pinching myself all the way through this interview and so I hope it doesn't come across as a little nervy on my part. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Please welcome to the podcast the one, the only, Thomas Lertz. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome one of my heroes, uh, Thomas Lertz onto the podcast. Welcome. Welcome and thanks a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to answer all your questions. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, this is a this is a great privilege of mine. One of my great friends and I followed your career for a very, very long time. And uh, wherever possible, we would try and find some of your sets and obviously doctor them to our speed uh, to see if to, you know, to, to see to see if we could emulate some of some of your success obviously on a on a very different level but it's a real privilege to talk to you um so thomas i'm gonna i'm gonna dive straight in with my with my seven questions if that's all right so my first question to you it's a two-parter is why do you swim obviously not everyone starts in the open water this being an open water swimmers podcast so it might be why did you take up swimming why do you now continue to swim post-retirement and what is it about the water and the environment of the water that simply keeps you coming back um, it's a good question I, I started swimming when I was uh, I started swimming in the swimming club when I was around seven seven and a half years old due to my older brother um, and soon I recognized that uh, I have talent for this so at the first competition I could win a silver medal it was when I was eight years old at that time, only two swimmers participated in the competition. So, uh, but I was quite happy to reach the medal. And in the younger ages, when you win a medal, you have something that motivates you that you can see every day. Uh, and that was the reason why I keep going with swimming. At that time, I also played football, which was fun for me. But at the end, I recognized that in swimming, I could be more successful than in football. 
But the sport in general, I mean, it was not only to win some medals. It was also because I like the water at itself. I like to train. It was fun for me, even if it was very hard in the younger ages. I mean, with 11, 12 years old, of course, you need to swim twice a day, not every day, but at least four times a week. So for me, the, the feeling to jump in the water and to be in the water was, was good. And for me, um, it was the way to be successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the young ages, I was not so huge. I was not the biggest, not the strongest, not the high, the person with the, the biggest talent. Um, but at the end, it gave me some self-confidence because I could reach uh, some goals I set to me and that helped me out. And when I was getting older, I realized and recognized that I'm much better the longer the distance of the competition is. So that was the reason I ended up in, in the open water business because <laughs> I didn't like the turns in the pool. I didn't like the start in the pool and I was just too weak uh, in the final sprint because I had not so much muscles. So for me, it was just better the longer the distance is without flip turns. Right. And I need to be honest, I love to swim in the open water because uh, dealing with the nature myself much better in the open water than in the pool. And I'm swimming until right now, every morning from six to seven, I swim uh, between four and four and a half K. Um, why I'm doing that is to stay healthy and to, to be in a good shape. Um, for the moment right now, I'm very busy in the, in the business world. I'm an HR director of a big company with more than 6,000 employees and uh, we have revenues about 1.3 billion. So at the end, my schedule is fully planned out from 7.30 in the morning until 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the evening. And that's the reason why before going to work, I like to swim for one, one hour because at that time I'm with myself under the water. I feel myself great afterwards. I can have a good breakfast and I can think during the swimming the whole day about the meetings and all these kind of things about decisions um, that helped me out. So for the moment, swimming is for me something like it's not meditating, but it's something like that. Mm. And um, I feel that it's the healthy sport. Um, now I'm 42 years old. I never had problems. I never had injuries. Um, sometimes I run on a treadmill. But afterwards, I feel myself not so good in compared to when I stop uh, or when I finished my, my training in the pool because the joints hurts when I run uh, on the treadmill and all these kind of things you don't have in the pool. Mm. So I feel myself much better um, when I swim 4K in the morning. I always swim the same sets, four times 1K, 153. <laughs> 50 medley and changing every 12 and a half meters the strokes and uh, yeah and i swim 1k without anything 1k with finger pedals 1k with the big pedals and 1k with fins so yeah i feel myself great after it and then i'm ready for the day and and go to my work and do my best there and it helped me out a lot so what would happen do you think I mean, this is this might be quite tied into what you mentioned earlier about being a place to sort of meditate and let go. What would happen to you right now if those early mornings were taken away from you? That would be horrible for me, honestly. 
during COVID. Um, of course, our pool were also closed. Um, I'm the I'm training in a club which is owned by. Uh, sorry, I'm training in a swimming pool which is owned by the club. Mm. Um, I swam my whole life for the swimming club. It's an Olympic-sized pool. And it's very seldom in Germany you have a swimming club which owns such a pool. And when I stopped my career, I was getting there the president and I get the responsible for this pool and for the club. We have 3,000 members, so it's a huge club. Um, and due, during COVID, of course, the pool was closed. That was horrible for me. Then I started running outside in the forest. But as I told you before, that running is great. It's good to um, lose some weights. Um, and to keep it shape but if i continue running every day between 12 or 15k honestly my joints will hurt and mm. um, they are not prepared for this so if i'm not swimming in the morning definitely in my life um, it would be a disadvantage and i would feel myself not as good as and not as prepared i'm right now to do my job so yeah. it's a very important habit i have right now to be also successful in the business world mm -hmm. you you strike me as a, as a as a high achiever you know as someone who achieved 12 golds uh, across world championships high achieving in business like like you are now is the, you mentioned something earlier about success and confidence mm -hmm. is that for is that 4k in the morning is that does does that give you that sense of success that you mentioned earlier about when you were swimming in your competitions, which gave you confidence? Is that yeah. is there some sort of tie over in that? Yeah, I think so, because after the training, right now every morning I feel myself ready for the day. So it's the first success I I I completed in the day. I stand up at five fifteen in the morning, and then I go directly in the swimming pool, and afterwards I have a good breakfast, and then I feel myself ready and confident for the for the day. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, start a day like this, you feel yourself good because when the, the alarm clock is ringing at 5.15 in the morning, of course you are tired. Um, but you're dealing against yourself and you win against yourself when you stand up, go in this pool and swim for one hour. That is the first success for the day. Mm -hmm. And it feels great. It's mm -hmm. a success for the day and then it feels great. Yeah. And then you have a yeah. coffee or espresso and then you have a small breakfast and then you are you are ready for the day. doesn't matter what will come. doesn't matter what meeting. doesn't matter what decision you need to take. Um, even decision taking is not always easy because decision taking has something to do with the reaction afterwards. And sometimes the reaction after decision uh, are not always positive. Uh, so this keeps me the power and the energy to do this. So at the end, yeah, you're right. It is some. It has something to do with success, but it will um, prepare me for the day, mm. and it solves my first task of the day, um, and it makes me happy at the end. That's interesting. People often talk about uh, the old adage of when you wake up in the morning, you make your bed. It's I think it's a, a military yeah. saying. You make you make your bed. That's yeah. your first success of the day. I read an article yeah. a number of years ago where you described and i can't remember the article where you described even on your rest days which weren't really rest days you were you were always achieving there was always something you were doing which mm -hmm. was adding adding to your deposit for your future 
is that still mm-hmm. something now that that you kind of have in your head with this you know swimming at 42 4k every morning it's just it's just making a deposit for your future yes it's because i think it's a it's a habit of a character mm. um when i was younger it helped me out in the world of sport a lot and it was a big advantage because um i had 11 training sessions a week and the sunday was free for normally so i woke up sunday morning at 7 30 8 o'clock and i said to myself okay let's watch tv let's see how all the football games on saturday how how it was and then it was maybe 9 9 30 and i said to myself okay but i want to be a world champion in the summer or olympic champion or european champion doesn't matter and i never saw olympic champion or world champion winning medals by lying in the bed or sitting on the sofa back home and watching uh, (laughs) football games. So I said, okay, I need to go in the pool and do some additional work. Uh, And then my coaches said to me, Thomas, you need to recover. And and then I didn't go in the pool. And then I was back home and started running because the coaches um, couldn't find me running in the forest, but they find me in the swimming pool. So they said to, to me, Thomas, you're not allowed to go on Sunday in the swimming pool. And then I said to myself, okay, when I'm not allowed to go in the swimming pool, I go running in the forest. <laughs> so I would say until I was 27, 28, it was fine. But then you're getting older and you need your recovery. And that was my mistake. Maybe I did because I keep going like this. It was a habit for me also to train an additional session on Sunday. Uh, when I was 30 or older, um, I realized that maybe this can sometimes damage myself a little bit because you need the recovery. The, the older you get, the more important is it. But at the end, it was I could understand that, but my heart says, no, you need to train because you, you must train if you want to win a competition and achieve your results. But it was a little bit like an uh, addiction, I would say. But I have it. It helped me out in the business world to make the comparison. In Germany, you have 30 days holiday by law, I would say. You have a little bit less, but in our company, you have 30 days. Mm -hmm. I never used 30 days holiday. I can't imagine to take 30 days holiday in a year. So maybe I have 10 (laughs) or 11, but not more than that. Because um, for me, I don't, yeah, working on the weekend is fine for me. Uh, I had before the job I have right now, I was the assistant of the owner or the CEO. And of course, we worked also on Saturday and Sunday. And sometimes we we fly on Sunday somewhere. So for me personally, it was not a problem. But this comes from the experience as a swimmer uh, in the past that helped me out a lot. Yeah. Do any of your colleagues sort of find it, you know, find it a kind of, are they, are they quite wide-eyed yeah. when they see Thomas Lertz coming into their company, you know, with your history of uh, in swimming or is mm-hmm. or, or are they are they sort of quite ambivalent I, I just I can I just imagine myself in a company yeah. working away and then suddenly <laughs> you know someone like Thomas Lertz or you know I don't know Michael Phelps comes and starts work and just like hey on his computer <laughs> just just sitting opposite me it's like what how did that happen yeah yeah, yeah of course it, in my town in Würzburg where I'm coming from where the company is based um, many people know me because the city is not as huge like London or for example, we have around about 130,000 people who are living here. Uh, so for normally the people know me. At the beginning, it was a little bit strange because they 
don't know how to deal with me. And uh, they said, ah, okay, this is the guy who swims a lot. And uh, what do we need to do with this one? Can we speak with him or not? Uh, why is he in the company? What he studied and what is his purpose or what are the goals? Uh, why is he sitting here every day <laughs> and eating for lunch? It was strange, but I think, uh, yeah, it ended up quite successful. And you need to prove also all the employees that besides swimming, you also can uh, bring an added value to the organization or the company. I studied uh, two different uh, uh, programs, I would say. I, uh, I, I did an MBA after I stopped swimming at a famous business school here in Germany. But at the end, uh, yeah, they still have me in the mind as a professional swimmer until right now they always say ah this thomas lutz is the swimmer right and as i told you before i'm working in the hr section so sometimes i'm also in recruiting um, meetings and there exist some people um, who know exactly because of course when they get the, the meeting via teams for example of course they google the person's and uh, some, when they have a sports background, which happens sometimes, um, they also start the beginning of the meeting and asking me some questions about the sport, about the swimming. How is it to take part at Olympic Games and how is it to win medals at Olympic Games? And then I need to be a little bit careful that we don't speak 40 minutes about the sport. Um, <laughs> yeah. We need to speak about the business and the reasons. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny sometimes to speak about the history, about the sport. And if yeah, I can help someone and motivate someone due to this, I'm happy and proud to do it. Chris, I don't know if you remember the swimmer Chris Bryan, uh, an Irish. Yes. Irish. So sure. I, interviewed, I interviewed Chris uh, a few, uh, a few uh, this time last year on the podcast. And he talked about mm -hmm. swimming being his, his superpower and mm -hmm. which he, he takes with him everywhere everywhere he goes because he feels like that's his that's his thing and he's you know he's transitioned into doing many many other things and a bit like you he's he's still a swimmer but I guess for someone like me looking at Olympian like you it is it is kind of looking at someone who is a bit superhuman and I can't mm -hmm. imagine suddenly being you know applying for a job at your company and being interviewed by someone like yourself it would it would be it would be terrifying <laughs> it's like being interviewed by, by, a, by a superhero yeah, yeah. but I I understand what you mean, but at the end, it doesn't matter if you win the medal at the Olympics or or just watch the race or just participate. It doesn't matter. You're human like everyone else. Mm. You have two hands, two legs. Uh, you need to go to the toilet like everyone else. Um, <laughs> exactly. You need to sleep like everyone else. For normally, you need to yeah clean your teeth like everyone else. Um, yeah. I think it's if you ask me what was the key to success one thing is sure you never or you should not live in the past you will not achieve 12 gold medals at world championships um, if you are satisfied with one and living in the past because every race starts from point zero again and then it doesn't matter if you won before seven or eight times or gold medals at world championships um, every race starts from point zero and if you're living too much in the past that's a problem because then um you're not, you are not developing mm. and you're not increasing. You're not getting better because the past is the past. It's nice to speak about the past, but at the end, the future is the important thing to keep going. And another one is um, that you stay authentic. 
and real to the people. It doesn't matter if you win 12 medals or not. Um, I can have a drink with everyone. Yeah? yeah. I can speak about the Olympics, but I'm the same human than everyone else. And uh, there are some things I can't do because uh, I spent 20 years in my life in the swimming pool, swimming up and down uh, thousands of kilometers. Um, and, and some other people are doing some crazy things in Excel, for example, <laughs> and planning some things. I can't even do it right now. I mean, not in a proper way than these kind of people are doing that. So, yeah, at the end, sport are emotions also. And, uh, yeah, I yes. try to be uh, a normal human like anyone else, of course. Well, I, I, I like that response. So, Thomas, yes. my, my, my second question to you is, uh, yeah. What are your earliest memories of swimming in the open water? Mm -hmm. I can explain to you. The first memory was uh, when I took part at the first German Championships in a 5K race. It was in 1996. Um, I remember everything, the lake where we took part and um, how the race was. And uh, another good memory I had uh, was my first World Championships in 2001 in Fukuoka, Japan. Yeah. So, do you are they are they are they the first times you remember swimming in open water, or can you remember like as a as a uh, as a child being uh, in one of your beautiful lakes in Germany, or mm. being by being by the sea that kind of ignited yeah. something about being in the open water as opposed to being in the swimming pool? Yeah. When I was younger, I was afraid to swim in the open water a little bit because you don't know what is under you. You don't know how deep the water is. You don't know anything. Uh, a big hobby of mine was fishing and I knew exactly in the fresh water what kind of fishes are in the lakes or rivers and sometimes we have here some big catfishes uh, even if in our uh, uh, rivers we have huge catfishes more than two meters tall and when I was hunting them or fishing them it was fine for me but swimming in the river when I was younger I was afraid but um, yeah, when I entered the first competition, I never thought about it. And then um, yeah, I could handle my fear for the catfishes or whatever. Um, at the beginning, it was not fun to swim in open water. But, but um, when I was getting older, it was getting better and better. Because swimming in open water is something different. You uh, smell the water. It's much different, of course, than in the swimming pool. Um, you smell also the nature. It depends on the lake and on the river. I mean, in the sea, you you smell the salt water, but it's completely different than swimming in the pool. Completely is is that are those early memories of being in the open water? Do they do they evoke something in you that makes you feel more attached to it? Is it is it the nature or is it is it the smell or is it yeah. is it the sense of social time with your family? Is there or is it a bit of everything? Yeah, it's a bit of everything, but I would say the sense of nature. Mm. Because as I told you before, I have a fishing license. When I was younger, I went out for fishing and I had a relationship to the lakes and to the uh, rivers. So it was the location in itself was not new for me. And um, at the beginning, I realized that oh, water swimming, I'm... I can be very successful in that because the distance is longer. I have no flip turns. Um, and I just felt myself much more comfortable in the open water. So, so then what does open water swimming mean to you now as uh, mm -hmm. a 42-year-old who still, yeah. still swims in, in the open water occasionally, but just still does all his training, obviously, in the swimming pool, much like before? 
And how's that then changed from mm-hmm. being scared of the catfish as a very as a very yeah. young young man? <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, I also swim in the open water um, during the summer when it's warm enough. Um, we have two or three lakes here around this area, and I like to swim it, or I like to swim there, even with my kids. What it means to me right now is it's more swimming in the open water. Sometimes I'm getting bored from the from the flip turns in the pool, and sometimes I'm getting bored to see all the time the same lane in the swimming pool I'm seeing since 30 years. Um, and in open water, it's always different because the weather is different. The sun is different. The lights are different. The water temperature is different. Sometimes it's windy. Sometimes it's not windy. Um, so every time when you enter the open water, it's different. Mm. And every time when I enter the swimming pool, it's the same. Mm-hmm. There are no changes in the swimming pool. It's exactly since 30 years, the same swimming pool with the same temperature, with everything the same. So, in open water, it's never like that. So what then happens to your mental health, should we say? if you get to swim in the open water compared to swimming in the pool every morning? It's more open-minded because um, you just can keep going. I feel a, a different heart rhythm because um, I have, I would say, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, all the time the same strokes, the same frequency, and the same, the, the same kicks. And I feel myself then much more comfortable. And of course, when it's sunny and you swim outside, it's it's a different feeling how you how you breathe in and breathe out. In the swimming pool, it's uh, pool air, I would say. You you smell a little bit the 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 chlor, the chlorine, but uh, swimming in a lake, you smell the 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 nature, and you smell the. I mean. That's the reason why in the history I went in the training camp to swim in an open pool to get fresh air. And um, breathing fresh air, it's an advantage in compared to breathing uh, uh, swimming air swimming in a swimming air. pool. Yeah. That's, that's a big difference, a big difference. Yeah, I, I think the, the idea of being outside other than that sort of recycled air in a swimming pool, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely definitely helps your heart rate stay stay a bit lower you're more in touch with the nature do you is there in the summer would you ever swap your ritualistic 4k swimming pool mornings to a 4k in the lake is that something you've considered yeah 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 i would i i yeah absolutely right i i totally agree um for me swimming in the pool from the organization side is a little bit more easy because it's uh, going in the pool from my home base, it's not so far than going in the lake. But at the end, when I have time for that, you need to stand up maybe 30 minutes earlier. It's it's definitely the better way. I mean, swimming at 6.30 in the morning or 6.15 in the lake for one hour, it's great experience. And afterwards, you feel much more fresh than in the pool because, as I told you before, breathing the fresh air, um, for me personally, maybe it's in my mind, but uh, it is it's more healthier than mm-hmm. swimming in the swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. And to um, smell the chlorine. Yeah, definitely. So this is obviously this might be slightly tied into your your catfish story, but open water swimming has always had a degree of fear factor for me, which I think mm-hmm. is why it might be so addictive. You know, everything's always in flux, everything is changing, and even in a race, yes. 
you know, it's 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 not a time trial like in the pool. There's so many things going no. on around you. Do you identify with that idea of fear, or maybe you've repackaged it yeah. into something else? And is there a a, a, a story or a, or a memory that sort of comes to mind to highlight that? Yeah, I totally agree. When I was younger, I would say that was the also a reason why I was successful in open water. Because when I entered the open water, I wanted to go out very quick because I was afraid. So I I didn't take care about uh, how to swim, how long the distance is, how the technique was. The fear was so big that the fear was uh, the accelerator to swim fast. And then you realize that you have completely different thoughts. Before you had the thoughts, oh, 5K or 10K is pretty hard and the arms will hurt. But when you are, have fear of something, you don't care about the pain in your arms because the fear is much bigger than the pain in your arms. So uh, the fear makes you fast. And I said to myself, okay, if I want to go as fast as I can out of the river or out of the lake, and the fear was a success factor um, when I was younger. So that was the fear of the fear of failure. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did you, did you simply surmount that by, by becoming successful, by, by winning? Was that something that continued to motivate you? Uh, yeah. Making, making mistakes and then not achieving your personal goals or your goals um, is a very ex important experience in your life uh, because you can't win big competitions um, when you never lose a big competition because there you will find out your personal mistakes due to strategy, due to your tactics, due to your technique. Um, yeah um, and that keeps you alive for the future and that will improve you um, to be successful and win some big races so losing is a part of winning and the big champions um, stand up and try it again and again and uh, at the end the persons who will not compete quite well they give up too early after some defeats yeah so why do you think you i mean a successful sportsman would would be someone who had you know a handful of what you have achieved but why do you think you had so much success for so long comparative mm -hmm. to everyone else that you were racing against who undeniably were training hard mm -hmm. had just as much desire as, as you perhaps yeah. what was it you think that made you stand out so so much for that period mm -hmm. of time that's a good question. Um, I think it was, I had a big talent to swim in open water. What I mean by that is reading the race, um, have the right strategy and tactic. Because in open water, does not always win the person who is able to swim the fastest time in 10K or 5K or 25. Um, this is due because of you swimming in a group of people and you can draft. You need to have an inner feeling how long the distance is. Um, there are existing people who lead the pack for a long time. Of course, that costs you a lot of energy. I would say in comparison to the other competitors, I had a great open water experience. I, I participated at many open water races. Um, I'm pretty sure that there exists not so many swimmers in the open water world or history who participated at so much open water races. World Cup races, European Championships, World Championships, Olympic Games, 
national championships. And every race in open water is different because you're swimming in the nature. As I told you before, the, the conditions are changing all the time. And um, when you collect experience in the open water and know exactly how you need to swim during a race, how often you need to draft um, behind someone, how to swim with out of under choppy conditions, how to swim um, in cold water conditions and all these kind of things, um, that makes a big difference because the big or huge difference between the pool swimming and the open water swimming is that not the fastest swimmer is winning the race. Mm. In the pool, everyone has their own lanes and they can swim their own race. But in open water, it's not always like that. Um, there exists many races I'm sure I was not the fastest one. If we take a time trial, I would not be so successful. But at the end, I had quite huge experience in open water and how to swim in the open water, how to deal with the nature and how um, or what strategy or tactic you have during the race, on which mm. places you are swimming, where you need to draft, where you can save energy, and where, at what time you need to go in front and lead the race. This is, has something to do with experience. Mm -hmm. And the existing good fast swimmers from the pool, they enter the open water races and they don't understand or they can't read the open water race. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my biggest advantage because, of course, there existing a lot of swimmers who train a lot. Swimming like 3,000 kilometers in a year uh, is quite a lot but there exist many other competitors who are able to do that but to have the right strategy in the open water race is a key uh, success and key factor for success because open water swimming is a very tactical sport i need to admit that on olympic games it's a little bit different because at olympic games only 25 people participate during the race and from these 25 maybe the last 10 um, are not able to follow the first five or ten participants. Uh, so the field of very high quality swimmers are around about 15. So it's not a huge field. In the World Championships, you have 80 swimmers. So there's much more important um, to deal with the open water conditions. And it all depends on the location, I need to say. It's a big difference to swim in the open sea, so with really choppy conditions or to swim in a rowing course, because rowing course is like swimming in the pool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gosh, that's fascinating. And so, I mean, this, this, this might be a personal, too much of a personal question, but the one medal that eluded you, which, you know, I was, I was rooting for you, was, was, the gold mm -hmm. in, was the gold in the Olympics. When you, when you retired, did, do you feel that, I mean, I don't see this looking at your, you know, looking at your history, you are one of the mm -hmm. most decorated swimmers of all time. The, the, the most decorated open water swimmer of all time by 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 miles. But does that gold medal in the Olympics? Does that does that ever come into your head? Yeah, sure. Uh, it comes very often to my head. Uh, I would say in the at the Olympics in Beijing 2008, I made a tactical mistake. So sometimes I'm thinking about this race, and um, I at the end I think I could end up there better. Um, because I made a tactical mistake. At the Olympics in London, I made no tactical mistake in my opinion. And there I need to admit that just Usama Meluli was just a better and faster swimmer than I. And if you see him swimming and see 
myself swimming, you see the difference. You don't need to be a professional coach and seeing how good he can swim and how good I can swim because he's much more talented than I. He swims, he makes one stroke, I make five strokes. I'm more than a, yeah, a Paris Dakar swimmer in compared to a Formula One driver. Yeah. So his talent is much bigger than mine. So, and then we had at the London Olympics in the Hyde Park, which was for the open water swimming, maybe one of the best races we had because of the organization, all these kind of things were amazing good in London. Um, but at the end, it was, it was a pool competition because the Hyde Park, there are no waves. It's no choppy water. Um, we swam in a circle. Um, yeah, you could see the boys quite good. It was not an open water race like swimming 5K in the open sea. And so after the race in London, I said to myself, okay, Usama was just the better swimmer. And uh, that's in the world of sport normal to recognize this. And then you can be happy about your second place because it was the best place I could achieve at that moment mm. um, because he was just a better one. Mm. And yeah, so yeah. And after London, I need to stay in Rio. I was close to 40 years, uh, 37. And that's then it's over. Huh? I mean, uh, you cannot swim until 40 on a high international level or high level competition and still winning gold medals i think this is not possible so finally i did make the gold medal at the olympics which is a pity but i tried the best and uh, in london usama was just the better one and in in china in 2008 i made uh, maybe a technical mistake so that's it yeah well i mean your world your world championship medals speak for themselves but i mean uh, uh, it's obviously comparatively people look at your silver and your bronze in the olympics compared to your world championship medals and think god yeah. what happened but i mean there you, you know you are for me anyway one of the most phenomenal athletes that mm. i've i've had the privilege of now speaking to so i'm i am i yeah i'm i i would i was dreading asking you that question because i didn't i didn't yeah. know how it was going to how it's going to feel yeah and then of course i have to admit that uh, at the World Championships, you have three possibilities. Right now, you have four possibilities to win a gold medal. That's the 5K, the 10K, the 25K, and the relay. Mm. Um, and at the Olympic Games, you have only the 10K. Yeah. Olympic Games, you have every four years. World Championships, you have every second year. And then you need to know that at the beginning, when open water was growing and growing and at that time open water was not on the olympic program when i entered the olympics in 2004 in athens in the swimming pool um at that time we had open water world championships every year because when a program is getting in the olympic program or part of the olympic program um need to have uh, several uh, number of world championships and that's the reason why the fina at that time said okay we need to make every year open water world championships. So what I want to say is that I had much more possibilities to win gold medals at world championships than at the Olympic Games. I had for the Olympic Games two chances, 2008 and 2012. Yeah. World championships, I had maybe 40 chances. Yeah. Uh, and from out of 40 chances, I made 12 gold medals and I don't know, a few silver and some bronze. I'm not sure how many, but it doesn't matter. But um, 
the opportunity was much bigger and much more easier to win medals at world championships than at Olympics. I would wish that 25K would be the Olympic program, mm. but unfortunately it was only 10K, but it's fine for me. You're very, that's a very humble thing to say, Thomas. Uh, and uh, thank you for your, thank you for being so kind of honest and, and open about that. I, I really like that. Someone once said to me, always remember that the water wants you, which I've always found useful whenever I'm on a very long swim, a, a marathon swim, a 10K, something like that. Just keeps my keeps my head in the game. Do, do you have a personal mantra when you are uh, when you are swimming swimming a very tough set? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you're swimming uh, or not. You're singing some songs or you have songs in your head. Okay. And during hard sets, I had always the goal in my head. I had always competitors in my head. I said to myself, "Now you can't be weak. When you're now getting weak, the competitor will win against you." Exactly now is the point and the moment you need to be strong against yourself and need to win against yourself. Even if the arms are hurting or even the times in the set are not so satisfying what you wanted to achieve or what you want to get. Um, So at that time, I had the competition in my mind. I had maybe songs in my mind. I had the competitor in my mind. And I spoke to myself to keep going. And I said to myself, now is the time to improve, exactly now. If I will not now fight against myself and win against myself later on at the World Championships or Olympics or Europeans, I will not win any medal. So I like to swim hard sets. For normally, I did this every day. Uh, even if I'm, even my coaches said, Thomas, now it's recovery session. It was quite difficult for me because I always took myself under time um, for normally an easy training session the coach need to switch off the the watches or the clocks at the swimming pool because um, it was absolutely difficult to me or for me not to stop myself mm. as I mean I not to take time for myself yeah that's interesting that's a, I, I hadn't even hadn't even thought of that when if going to swim an easy easy set of just of just taking mm. taking away the, the pace clock i like that if you could create your perfect swim thomas where mm-hmm. would that be is there a perfect lake is there a is mm-hmm. there a perfect environment maybe it's a, a rough a rough 5k i don't know is they like your perfect swim i like to swim the 10k and i can remember that the lake annecy in france was quite nice lake in the alps Beautiful uh, water, beautiful uh, lake, beautiful view, beautiful location. It was a World Cup at that time in 2009. I remember that. That was the, the, a beautiful lake at a beautiful venue. And I can remember that it was, uh, for me, the perfect race. Yeah, That sounds incredible. Probably was quite cold. It was. It was in August, but still cold. But uh, during the race day, it was very sunny. We had a blue sky, only sun in August in uh, France. But the water was cold. That's right. I can remember it was around about 20.8 degrees. So not very, very cold. But for August um, in Europe, I mean, it's, it's, it's fresh. Because I can remember that we start the race at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it was fresh, but not too cold for me. I think cold quite... water for me was 18 and colder. That was not good. I didn't like to swim under 
such conditions. Well, I think I think mm. twenty is quite warm. I, for me, anything over fifteen is okay. But I, yeah. I live, I live, I live, I live by the sea in in England, so we have to take take the water as we find yeah. it. Yes, that, the British are much stronger in that way. So <laughs> for you, it's no problem. For me, I was a little bit weak in cold water. Uh, I was not as strong as uh, you British are. I think it. It's. I mean, honestly, it has some, something to do. How are the conditions back home? I mean, as you said, I mean, you have to deal with that. You cannot heat the sea. Uh, that's not possible. If you have 15 degrees, okay, you have two options. Don't go in the sea or go in the sea. Mm. That's it, point. Um, yeah, here it's a little bit warmer and uh, it uh, makes a little bit more easier to go in a lake or in the sea to swim. Mm. That's wonderful. Thomas, we're, we're drawing to a close now. Thank you so much for your, for your beautiful answers. I just have my final question for you, which you've kind of answered uh, already, but I'm going to ask it again because I want to know specifically how was your last swim, which probably was this morning, and how was it? Was it 4K exactly as you described? Exactly. It was 4K, but this morning I made something different. I made 2K at the beginning without, uh, I mean, 2, 2K, 153 and 50 medley and then i made 1k with the finger pedals um 150 freestyle 50 backstroke so it makes me more easy to count the k because i don't count the uh, 10 times 100 i count just 200s and then five times because that's the reason why i make 150 meters freestyle and 50 meter medley and then at the end, I made 1K with the fins and the big pedals. And uh, I make like a pyramid, 100, 200, 300, 400, and then 100 easy. So it was 1, 4.1K. And then I went in the office. <laughs> after, your, after your espresso and your breakfast. Right. Tomorrow Perfect. will be the same exercise, I think. Lovely. <laughs> oh, Thomas, that was magic. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I feel very, very lucky. Thanks. I, I uh, joined it too. And looking forward, and I wish everyone the best. Everyone who listening to the podcast, I wish uh, health, be strong, be hard to yourself, and keep going and go in the swimming pool or better in the open water, and um, fight against yourself, fight against the nature, and then it build up a strong character. Ah, oh, thank you, Thomas. Thank you again, Thomas, for that. I am in awe of your achievements. And I'm so incredibly grateful that we had a chance to speak and I finally got to say hello to you um, in person. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm still pinching myself. I hope you will enjoy that as much as I did. Like I said, that is the penultimate episode of the season. So thank you everyone for listening. Please make sure you tune in next week as I do have a special announcement for you all. So until then, until episode 12 of season two, which is next week, Happy swimming, one and all, for the penultimate time.